Hi, listeners. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by The Draw Shop, and we've got something exciting for you. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been asked what you do? We all get asked this, right? Have you then answered and then got the response of totally glazed over eyes or just the look of someone politely smiling but definitely not caring? It sucks. I know. I've totally been there on both sides, actually. That's why my team and I at The Draw Shop now offer a service to help you perfect your elevator pitch so that people immediately understand how you can make their life better and so that you can use this anywhere in your marketing. It's the single statement that compels your prospects to take action right away. Here's what happens. You meet with an expert copywriter on our team to define the problem you solve, how you solve it, and the transformation your customers experience after working with you. From there, we'll turn that into a short and sweet elevator pitch just for you and create a compelling one-page visual story to help the world better understand your business and how you can help them. For a special limited time offer, we are offering you this service for one-third the usual price, valued at $1,500. Yep, 70% off. Again, this will only be available for a limited time, and we've already seen incredible results with our clients changing this one single statement. So to get your word perfect pitch today, head to www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch now. That's www.thedrawshop.com forward slash elevator pitch. Okay, let's get into today's episode. One of the first things that we look at is how are you communicating? Because communication is like the oxygen of your company. If you don't have streamlined, effective, robust ways to communicate with your team, everything else falls on the sideline. But another thing too that most companies that I've worked with aren't doing is doing a good job of documenting process and documenting knowledge. Hello, Backstage Business listeners. Welcome back to another episode. Today is going to be a very awesome day, and you should really pay attention, especially in the world that we're living in right now, where people are having to work from home and companies are going remote. We've got a lot of things happening, a lot of changes, and it can definitely affect our productivity. And we all know that there's things within our business that have changed dramatically. And I'm really, really so, so happy that I get to share this interview with you today with my good friend, Nick Sonnenberg, who I've known for, I want to say about six years now. And he's just incredible. And his team, which you're going to learn about his business and what they do has actually been absolutely instrumental in so many, so many successes of my business, The Draw Shop. So had to have him on. And I knew that what he could share with you would be really eye-opening. And not just because of what we're going through right now, but because really, if you think about it, the permanent changes that, that are taking place. People talk about getting back to quote unquote normal. And I think it's clear that there's going to be a whole kind of new, I don't even know if you would say new normal, but there's just a whole lot of new coming up and we need to be prepared, especially as business owners and entrepreneurs. Let me tell you a little bit about Nick. If you don't know who he is, he's a serial entrepreneur with a passion for creating companies that disrupt the way people live. 
Holy cow, is that true? He's the co-founder of Leverage, founder and CEO of Efficient Frontier Solutions, Inc., and contributor and co-author of the book Idea to Execution, which is a phenomenal book. And something that I just learned today is that before Nick started these businesses and got into the startup technology space, he actually spent more than eight years on Wall Street as a high-frequency algorithmic trader. So you can imagine the brain that this guy has. <laughs> You're going to hear all about it. And really, his, his whole mission is to help busy entrepreneurs and executives optimize their lives in a meaningful way and help them go from idea to execution in as few steps as possible. And what you're going to hear today is what are some of those things that can save you hours and hours each week, even in a day, that you can shift right now? And what are some steps that you can take to really learn about your business and the way that it's operating it now and how you can make it more efficient and what those efficiencies could mean for your bottom line and how they could dramatically increase your revenue. I'm all about this stuff. This is the stuff that I just like am obsessed with. And so I'm so excited to have Nick on the show. And with that, let's go. Okay, Nick, I'm so excited. Not just because I always say that I'm excited to have people on the show, but I'm super excited because I love you. You're my friend. You also provide incredible solutions for me and my business. And I know you're going to do even more with that. We've gotten to hang out at cool events together and laugh and be silly. And I'm just so excited that you're here. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk about a super important topic for people. And that is how to make more time in their life, which everybody wants, but you just have this really amazing way of doing it with your team. Why? First of all, because I'm not even sure that I know this story. How did you start this company? Why was this something that you wanted to do? Yeah. Well, my whole life, I've always been obsessed with time and into, you know, time is your most value. It's cliche, but it's the most valuable resource. You, Warren Buffett can't buy more than 24 hours in the day either, right? Before I started Leverage, I was a high-frequency algorithmic trader on Wall Street. Did you know that? I did no? not know that. Oh, so yeah. So my my master's is in financial engineering. So I'm a math nerd. And then wow. I, for eight years, I was coming up with math formulas and coding computers to trade stocks at ultra high free, like microsecond speeds, trying to capture fractions of a penny, but trading billions and billions of dollars. So from like 23 to 31 that's what I did. And, you know, at a young age, I was a millionaire living in the four seasons in Hong Kong, you know, the typical kind of like hero's journey. And then it's like, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm over this. And yeah. so I gave up all the money. And before leverage, I had another company called Calvin, which was a scheduling tool. So it's always been in the productivity space. And I, I worked on that kind of nights and weekends while I was a trader, quit to go full-time on that. And then had this idea for a company which would become Leverage. At first, it was totally different. It was like a VA company inspired by Zirtual going out of business. And now I'm actually friends with the old CEO of Zirtual, just to go full circle. Oh, wow. But on the back end of that happening, I'd always just been obsessed with productivity. I've tested every outsourcing platform, every virtual assistant. And when they went under, I decided with my ex-business partner, why don't we 
give it a try and start our own. That would just be like a super high level team approach versus the, you know, you get one person approach to do work. And I'm good at tech. So I built the back end in a day. He got a few clients. And then, you know, we know each other through Joe Polish's group, Genius Network. Yeah. A month, a month later, Joe, I don't know, when did you join Genius Network? 2015 or 16? Oh no, it was like, oh, what year are we? So 20, I feel like 2014, 2015, somewhere around there. Okay. It's been a long so time. So were you, the year that Tony Robbins was the speaker, or yeah. were you there? Yeah. So there. were you there for my day three workshop at that one? I wasn't there for the day three on that one. So, so Tony Robbins spoke on day two with Peter Diamantes. I did a, a half day workshop on day three and I'd never met Joe. Like Joe reached out to us and asked us to do it. And a hundred people in the room signed up for the service. Like when we were really just beta testing it. And that was really what sparked the company to become a company. And now, you know, four and a half years later, we don't even do admin work anymore. Now we call ourselves, you know, a high level growth agency where we help people unlock their growth potential, maximizing top line revenue with marketing, bottom line revenue with the operational efficiency stuff, which I'm you know, personally very passionate about. Yeah. No, it's, it's so incredible because for us, it's just been this, we don't have to like hire somebody <laughs> to do certain projects or when you're like, gosh, I really need somebody who could help with something so specific. You guys have that yeah. expert to do that. Just like, for example, now we're building, we're rolling out this whole webinar where it's going to be, you know, giving out some, some really great information. And then we're building like, you know, a sales funnel behind it. And I hadn't really, you know, I'd been a a guest on webinars, wasn't ever really in the business of running them. And then boom, your team, I didn't really have to use my team at all because they're busy enough. I just went to your team and I just have this whole like crew of people just like on top of everything and just knew exactly what to do. And the stuff that they built out and made it so simple in terms of the process and what I needed to take care of was just like, why didn't I do this like years ago? You know, it's so great. Well, yeah. And like leverage fits into the whole saving time thing as well. So it's not just about a piece of software or automation. Like, so leverage... I was personally frustrated by hiring freelancers. When I was building my my app, Calvin, I was on Upwork or Odesk or Elance or some of these platforms. And it's like finding a needle in the haystack, in a mm-hmm. haystack, right? There's a million people. You have no idea who's good, who's not good. Is the person in this country at $20 an hour any better than someone else in another country? So I was like, there's got to be a better way. <laughs> and also, it's really hard to especially when you're early stage, you, you can't hire 10 full-time people out of the gate. So hiring some type of agile workforce was really what is needed. So I was like, how do you get the best of both worlds where there's kind of like a layer in between where you're working with a business, but you have the confidence that they've done the training and the hiring for you. They could kind of project manage it too, because I mean, even if you're building a website, you have to hire an SEO person, a copywriter, a designer, a web developer. Even if you get luck and you get four needles in the haystack, who's project managing those people? So it's like, how do you make this as easy as possible? How do you get it? Like, so everyone's at the same rate. So you're not starting getting into arguments like, oh, I want the $53 an hour person instead of, you know, 60. And really it's the team support. A lot of, a lot of people, it's collaborative. So even though you might be working with Lindsay, if Lindsay gets stuck on something on your stuff, 
she's asking in Slack in, in a particular channel and she has the whole support of the whole company. So as we learn, we're updating best practices, resource library. So people aren't just paying for one person, they're paying for access to the whole network and the whole knowledge base, which you know, in theory should make it over time more and more valuable. Oh, it does. Yeah, absolutely. You're yeah, in the ahead. same space though, right? Like, some, yeah. like it wouldn't make sense for someone to go and try to recreate, like if they want an animated video, the amount of work it would take to go on, you know, platforms and find voiceover people and project managers and then artists that could do it. And then like, not to mention you have a proprietary process that they're running through as well. So to replicate it, it just does, it wouldn't make any sense for someone to not go to you if they wanted an animated video. And it's kind of the same with our stuff. Like it, it wouldn't make sense if you value your time above a hundred bucks an hour, or it just wouldn't make sense when you start factoring in what your time is worth and how much of your time it will be spent to go on these platforms, find someone and then project manage them. You know what I mean? It ends up becoming way more expensive to go on some of these other platforms. I just did a podcast just my, myself just a little bit ago. And I was talking about that whole exercise of really looking at what you do as, as a business owner that actually moves the needle in your business. Cause at the end of the day, if your business isn't making money, you don't have a business. And what are those revenue generating activities that you do? And it's amazing when you start to just go through the exercise of listing, okay, what have I done today and how many tasks and things you tried to learn to do, or just, you just kind of look back and go, wow, that was like five hours that I could have done this thing that would have actually really moved the needle. Cause that's what I'm really good at. And that's what actually makes money for my business. And somebody else could have done these other things. So, so, you know, right before we started recording, I showed you how I've restructured our Asana. Yes. I geek out on that stuff. Yes. So what you could do is, and this is going off in a little bit of a tangent, but the way that we're using it, part of our sprint planning process is to identify all the recurring or meetings that you have outside of work. So you know what your capacity is. If you're in 20 hours a week of recurring meetings and the expectation is to work 50 hours, you have 30 hours to allocate for a project. But what you can do is on every project or task, you could mark it as this revenue generating, information gathering, testing. And then you can see on that workload graph that I showed you, color coded on the graph, how much time are you allocating to various things? So it's something that I'm constantly thinking about too. In a perfect world, what percentage of my work week should be on revenue generating calls, on, you know, strategy calls, et cetera. A lot of people don't audit their time like that. No. And it's actually, I geek out on it too. I love it because it's so eye-opening and it also, it just gives you a solution. Okay. Now I, now I know what I need to be doing. It also takes a lot of pressure, especially in terms of working with you guys and having other people take off that other stuff. It just, it opens you up so much more to do those revenue generating activities so much better. Totally. I started just for my own self tracking a theme of a day. So I could see like how many days since the beginning of the year, how many free days did I take versus days for leverage versus days for my private consulting. And I did my own kind of self-help process of chunking down what are all the different kind of key categories of my life. So I could kind of just track my on or off track allocating time on a daily basis towards a theme. How are you at free days, by the way? <laughs> oh, I'm terrible right now. I mean, like with, 
Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do, as Jay Abraham would say. Well, look, right now is a particularly interesting moment in time with, we're lucky because leverage has always been remote. So it's not, we're not at all, you know, impacted in that respect. However, a lot of our clients are not used to being remote. So with the mastermind I was telling you about that I run all on operational efficiency, as well as leverage helps companies get set up to be remote and be efficient. We have just been completely slammed with helping businesses get set up for remote. So I haven't been able to take a free day, but if if there's ever a time for us to be busy, it's right now helping people in this transition period to be set up for remote. So I'll take free days once once our clients kind of get get on good good grounding. Well, okay. So now you're you're reminding me of something I wanted to talk to you about, which was you're in this place right now where you're helping these businesses become remote. I started thinking, and a lot of people are saying this, is that you know people talk about returning to normal, but there's going to be a whole new kind of, there is no normal anymore. And people are talking about, you know, bigger companies actually moving to be more remote now as a permanent solution. So what, like, what are you seeing? Cause you're right there with these type big companies that are, that are doing this. Like, what are you seeing? The shifts are going to be, what is that new normal going to look like? It was always coming like yeah. this is just accelerating it. The future of work was remote. I actually created a free Facebook group. If anyone here is interested, it's called Making Remote Work Actually Work, where we geek out and people ask questions. I interview guests talking about you know best practices of remote. But it was coming no matter what. This is just accelerating it. There's so many advantages to remote if you have the right setup. So I, I created a framework called CPR, which helps people get set up for remote. It actually, it's a framework that works whether you're remote or not remote, but it stands for communicate, plan, and resource. And I've worked with so many businesses now from a two-person gas and water leak company up to Tony Robbins. And no matter the size of the company or industry, every company on an operational level needs to communicate, plan, and what I call resource is documenting knowledge, both static knowledge, which would be SOPs, who's the CEO of Draw Shop, where's the office, what decisions were made in meetings. So all that stuff should be documented in a company wiki. And then you have dynamic knowledge, which are processes that answers the question, how? How do you onboard a new team member? How do you do payroll? Where it's still knowledge, but it's a sequence of steps that need to be executed in a certain order. So again, like every company needs to communicate. I even break that down. Internal communication, Slack and Microsoft Teams. Here are the best practices with how to use it. Because any of these tools, if you don't use it right, they could hurt your company. If you use them right, they could 10x the efficiency of your company. Email, how do you get it to inbox zero? When do you use Slack versus email? The difference between communication and project management, best practices with that, and then the whole documenting knowledge. And what I find is if companies put that into place, not only can they be remote, but they could be in a completely other universe to where they used to operate. And there's a lot of benefits. Like if you if you have this stuff set up and you have remote, you can hire people in other countries, other states. People don't have to commute. I mean, Andrew Parks on my team, he's an example I always like to use. Have you ever worked with Andrew or spoken yeah, to Andrew? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you know Do you know Andrew's story? No. Okay. So Andrew was making six figures at a large company in Toronto, but he had to commute an hour a day 
So that was two hours of kind of wasted time. I mean, I guess he would listen to an audiobook. He was in a job that required him to physically go to an office every day. And he was getting sick of the cold in Toronto. And he was away from his wife and kids. So we were able to match his compensation. But now with leverage, if you look at just the quality of life, he saves the two-hour commute. He has a walking treadmill at home. He walks seven miles a day. He spends way more time with his wife and kids. He left the cold of Toronto this last February and worked out of Mexico with his family in the warm. And so if you just look at it, you know, we might even be paying him, say, 5 10% less or whatever the number is. But his quality of life went up, you know, by 10x. Yeah. So the future of work was going to be this. And if you look at any of the data, it all supports like by year 2024, X percent of the workforce is going to be remote. I mean, it was, it was coming. It has just accelerated it. But the stuff that I talk about, another interesting statistic with future of work, in case people are interested, is if you look at a graph of the average length of time people stay in companies, it's exponentially shortening. So a lot of people look at client churn, you know, as a metric within their companies, but internal churn is another thing that we look at. And employee retention is on the on the decline historically, you know, if you look last 10, 20 years which further reinforces the importance of having these systems and documentation because as people leave companies on a more frequent basis, they're leaving with all the knowledge in their head. And if it takes you six months to get someone up to speed and it's all in their head and then they leave after a year and a half, you're not really going to get as much of a return on investment with hires. So it's, yeah. it's absolutely critical that more and more so you think about how do you set up these systems so that knowledge doesn't just get lost and it's easy to transfer the knowledge. That's, that's a huge thing. And I think, and I, it was probably you saying this and it might've been years ago and it might've been on a podcast or something. I'm not sure, but I just remember you talking about, you know, there should be a system that anybody could go in and look in and know exactly what to do and how to handle this. And because you always think about that, you know, especially if you're a small business and you only have so many employees, if somebody leaves, if something happens to them, who knows what to do? <laughs> like, how are they going to find out? No, it's totally. I, I think people are really focused on marketing and sales because you could directly say like, oh, I generate this much, but it's harder to quantify or think about the slippage of inefficiency or the risk that you're sitting on. But, you know, to even take... Take the way you communicate. If you're just texting with your employees and that person leaves, it's not easy to transfer that thread of communication to a new person you're hiring versus the whole purpose of Slack with channels. If you had all those conversations in a channel, you hire someone, you add them to a channel and they see it. So I, I like to call this problem the scavenger hunt. And most people understand what I mean immediately when I say scavenger hunt. But when it's when you have to look in 10 different places, you know, did Summer email me that or was that in a three-way text or was that in a Slack channel? Was that in Facebook hyphen marketing or marketing hyphen Facebook one? Or exactly. like, was that in like one of 10,000 Dropbox folders that have no naming convention to it? So right. that's what CPR solves for is it helps you to remove that scavenger hunt. And it's absolutely incredible how much inefficiencies are in companies right now. And when you move to remote, it's like you're pulling up the rug, like all the inefficiencies are just fully exposed. And yeah. it's not, these are not new problems. They're problems that were just masked because you could brute force your way through it. But it's, it's not that your company was operating 
at full capacity or optimal efficiency. It's just now if you're struggling through this remote process, it's just because you're being exposed with all the vulnerabilities that you've already had. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm thinking of people that that could be embarrassed and going, oh shoot, I don't want him to see what's under my rug. <laughs> Every, I mean, I've seen it all, and and uh, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Everyone is in the same boat. It's true. It's true. Yeah. We were just talking about this earlier before we started recording. Can you talk about? Actually, I want you to talk about this because I'm going to do this. The roadmap, because I think that's yep. such an awesome tool because you, people might say, well, where do I even begin? How do I even know what is inefficient in my business? Yeah. So the remote roadmap or business efficiency roadmap, we're still experimenting with the name of this. It might be called a remote (laughs) x-ray because we're looking kind of under the hood. Anyways, what we do is there's some pre-work intake. We have a, a series of calls where we interview, ask questions, clarifying questions, and then we go and we work behind the scenes as a team and we have, you know, people like myself, we have people that are process experts, automation experts. And so what we're going to do is identify the lowest hanging fruit to quickly change in your company for you to get a return as quickly as possible. So basically like a 30, 60, 90 day game plan. We're going to be auditing. Do you have dashboards for all the various departments? Do you have optics into all the analytics that you should have? How are you communicating? How does your how are you using email? Do you use tools like Slack? If so, how? What are some core processes? And show me that how you're running those core processes to identify any any opportunity for automation. How are you running your meetings? How are you project managing? Do you have a knowledge base? So, like these are the types of things that we're going to be pulling out. And then the deliverable is basically a roadmap that we'll create. Like this, these are all the things in this order that we would that we would recommend fixing. And then you know you can take it and do it yourself, or if you need help we're there to help as well. What are some of the most common things that you see that have had the most dramatic effect in businesses? In general, teaching people about how to use email and when to use email is one of the quickest things. That is a time suck. (laughs) Right. So I teach people how to not just get to inbox zero, but stay at inbox zero. And the best way to get to inbox zero is to get to email zero. A lot of people are using email when they should be using another tool that's more appropriate for that, the context of what you're trying to deliver, right? right? So that's like one of the first things that we look at because that alone can save you at least a couple hours a week if you, if you get that right. And we're tool, like we don't care. As long as you use the right type of tool in the right way, it's not that you have to use Slack versus Microsoft Teams or you have to use Gmail over Outlook. I mean, we have our preferences, but one of the first things that we look at is how are you communicating? Because communication is like the oxygen of your company. If you don't have streamlined, effective, robust ways to communicate with your team, everything else falls on the sideline. But another thing too that most companies that I've worked with aren't doing is doing a good job of documenting process and documenting knowledge. So especially in this world that we live in right now with Corona, a lot of people, and I'm, I'm telling all of my private clients and my mastermind clients, get prepared if, if a key team member gets sick and is out for a month or a couple of weeks, and you've never documented their core processes, you've never stress tested someone else running those core processes, that's a big issue. And it's not that every process is critical. Like I have yeah. a podcast too. If it doesn't 
air for a month, it's not going to kill anything. But if payroll doesn't get run, that, right. you know, that's going to piss some people off. So, right. you know, identifying like what are those mission critical processes and then helping people to de-risk right now before it's too late. And right now, everyone should be proactive rather than reactive with this with the situation that we're dealing with. Oh, totally. I love the whole recording processes and we've done that. And I know we can still do it way, way more efficient, but I think about that. And I think about, I just had a conversation with Donna on your team and she was talking about, you know, the littlest things of people being remote, like, Hey, I need this document. It was some type of asset that they needed. And the person didn't know where to find it. It wasn't like in the cloud, something had happened and it was like a whole day wasted. And then they couldn't do their job because of that. I'm like, wow, that's got to be happening all over the place right now. It's a scavenger hunt. Yeah. And, and, And it's because we're all busy. And in the moment, there might be something that saves is one or five seconds faster, but it starts adding up, right? If you if you just always go for like in the moment, the fastest thing, it might be text, but if you just are doing that, you're building a scavenger hunt. And then when you have to go and find something, it's going to take you a million times longer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the so. other thing that happens too, is you procrastinate when you don't know where something is. Yeah. You procrastinate on doing the thing you want to do because you're like, oh, I have to dig and get all this stuff together before I can do it. Whereas if you know where everything is and you have a system it's a lot more exciting to actually get stuff done. Yeah. Oh, totally. So those are the the quickest things that people can do. But we look at everything, like how how people run meetings. A lot of people don't have any meeting structure or meeting cadence. And even just implementing some form of a weekly meeting with an agenda, that's a great productivity hack in itself because then you're giving people a place where they could Ideas that come up during the week that are not urgent, they can now add it to an agenda so you're not distracting teammates via text, email, Slack, whatever have you, but they still have a place where they can get it out of their head. They know that it'll get dealt with, but you'll batch go over it on next week's meeting. So it's really like the sum of like many different things to look at to become operationally efficient. And that's the purpose of the roadmap is what are the short, the, the quick wins? It's a never ending journey. I mean, I was just sharing with you before we started, I spent five hours geeking out on Asana and totally changed the way we use Asana. And I I was already certified and good at Asana. So it's a never ending journey. There's always new tools, new ways to think about the tools, but there are certain things that people could do right now that, you know, in a short period of time will save not just themselves, but their whole company, you know, multiple hours a week. Yeah. It's, it's really understanding what those things are. That's like the biggest thing. That's why I'm, I'm going through this again with you and I've done it before, but I think it's something that you can revisit because a lot of times there's that whole saying, you take things off your plate and then it just fills right back up again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's, you know, I would think it's, you know, doing a roadmap or whatever it ends up being called that type of an exercise where you have somebody outside because they, you guys know the right questions to ask too you know, like, what do you do for this part? And you might, you know, I might go, oh my gosh, I forgot about that whole process that we do for that. I wouldn't even have thought anything was wrong with that. Or maybe I didn't even know that could be improved or be more efficient. That's why you need people like you. (laughs) And I call myself a productivity geek. Like I love like time, you know, managing my time, finding things that are more efficient and apps and all that kind of stuff. And I still don't know. And I still go, okay, wait a minute. I just got more cluttered here. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I have OCD. I think I just get obsessed with this stuff. So like I will allocate a certain amount of time every week to sales calls or like marketing related things. But I also allocate a certain amount of time to just do demos with new tools yeah. and play around with things. So I'm constantly sharpening my, my tool chest myself. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it so much. <laughs> what are some other new things that you guys are doing at, at leverage? So we continue to do more and more like high level things. Another thing that we're starting to roll out is dashboard creations. So we found that a lot of businesses, like we want to be able to support, you know, and unlock the growth potential in companies. So as opposed to just doing marketing strategy, other things that we're launching right now at Leverage is because we've we've done tens of thousands of tasks. We've had, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of clients. So we know what's like best practice in terms of what order people at, at a business level should be looking at things. And one of the first things that people should be doing, which is usually missed, is having good dashboards of analytics. So before jumping in and having us do Facebook ads or launch a, you know, a podcast, where do you stand right now? What's your cost of acquiring a user? What's your lifetime value of a user? What's the ratio of those two things? Do you have a dashboard to have optics on your sales, your marketing, your finances? What metrics matter most to you? And that helps us to establish a baseline at the beginning of a relationship with us so that, you know, we, we want it to be a no-brainer to work with us where it's just clear, like, you're getting a return on investment. Yeah. And in order to answer that, you usually need to have good dashboards. And a good dashboard is helpful whether you work with us or not. So we're identifying kind of that leverage process like where it's, you know, some part early on in the relationship, we probably should have a conversation on the dashboard. You know, probably at some point early on, we should have a conversation on like, what's your offer? Because if you have a bad offer or you have bad positioning or packaging, you're going to have trouble being successful, whatever the strategy is. So we're looking at that. We're also looking now on the operation side of things and doing these, these roadmaps and assessments. And we've hired some world-class process and automation people so that early on as well, let's just take a look at how you're operating this business to find find some opportunities to save you a handful of hours. I mean, if I could, and like I said, on average, at least in the private consulting side, when I work with someone for two days, I'm saving every person in the company five to 10 hours a week. It's not rocket science. It's just amazing the amount of low hanging fruit in companies. So looking at some of those things at leverage upfront, you know, if we could save someone in the first, say month or quarter, five hours per week, we pretty much pay for ourselves like forever. Yeah. So we're changing our processes to basically give someone enough return in the first quarter where it's just like a lifetime kind of relationship. It's also, you know, you've, you've talked about this as well, but it's, it's the strategy stuff that you yeah. guys have as well. It's not just somebody coming in and taking that time off your hands, which is gold itself, but it's also, you know, there are businesses that don't know, you know, I don't know how to get somebody to manage my social media. I don't even know what kind of strategy I should be using. And so sometimes they, you know, they find a college kid, nothing against college kids. Oh, I'll do some posts. I'll engage in this, but you guys yeah. actually have experts and strategists on that you're working with. Totally. And like I said before, the power of it is when someone gets stuck, someone might say like, Hey, I need some really weird thing. And odds are we have one person that has had experience with that one weird thing, right? Another idea, tell me if you, if you like this, but I've, I've had people ask, not for like the full-blown mastermind that I do with Bullseye, where there's 
virtual and live events, but a lighter version where it's like group calls, but unveiling the curtain to how we operate leverage. So we were thinking about doing under $1,000 a month type of a few group calls a month with access to ask questions and brainstorm and share. So I don't know, call it 500 bucks a month type of price point where we, where we showcase, hey, we combined use proof with Clearbit with Zapier. And now when someone comes to our website, we can dynamically spin up a different version. If it's a seven figure vet hospital versus a nine figure SaaS company, maybe the messaging of the website should be different. Maybe the call to action should can be different. Can that happen? Yeah. So like we can do all that stuff. Like, like wait, that's I, like, <laughs> I want to do that. That's so cool. So, so what we're thinking of doing was to launch, like have like a small membership to showcase kind of all the learnings that we've had. Yeah. And then if you need help with implementation, we can help as well, but we're constantly finding and tinkering like leverage is like a think tank of best practices of how a company should run. So yes. we are thinking about launching like a small membership to geek out on best practices. So as you know, too, you know, being in masterminds, it's, it's just one thing. I mean, you could be in a meeting for two days and you take away just one nugget and you totally. implement it. And that is, you know, wow, I just increased revenue by a couple hundred thousand or that one idea brought in, you know, mm-hmm. an extra $500,000 revenue to, you yeah. don't know, you know, and yeah. that's why these type things are so valuable because it also keeps you, it keeps your brain like aware. It's like that whole reticular activation, like you're, you're, you're paying yeah. attention and your aptitude is just stronger to actually implement and then come up with other ideas. And then you're like, Oh wait, I have this whole team that can actually do that for me. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I've been in genius network with you for it's, if you joined in 20, I joined in 2015. So you're, yeah. you're, you're older than me in genius terms, but yep. totally like sometimes it's just even one quote or one idea or one, one person that you meet that can make all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, huge, that's literally- Huge believer been, in these groups. Oh yeah, for sure. Because people, you know, they always ask, is it really worth that much? Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, when I tell people I'm paying Joe Polish 25,000 a year, they're like, are you insane? And it's like, I mean, the amount of return, no, it's not insane because yeah. the amount of value I get out of it is worth multiples of, of that. What other groups are you in, by the way? Right now, it's just Genius Network. I was in Strategic Coach. I was in the Toronto group. And Mm -hmm. then I had a year where I was just like traveling. I literally couldn't make any of the meetings. And then they were like, oh, you can go to the one in Santa Monica. And I was like, no, that's great. But I had done that one the year before. I really liked being in Dan's group. So I've, you know, may may join that again. But right now, it's just I focused on Genius Network. Yeah. 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 I haven't started yet, but I just joined coach as well. Yeah. We're trying to do a collaboration together that's about to launch. So oh, awesome. I was like, all right, it makes sense for me to to join that one. But it's, yeah. you have to, you have to be careful because you, aside from the money, it's the time commitment is the that's, bigger issue with those. That's the thing. That's exactly yeah. it. There were, there were a couple of others that I had looked at and yeah, when I looked at all that time stuff, I mean, you know, who knows what's going to happen now, right? I mean, I, there's so many that are going to be virtual going virtual and it, well, you know, we're, we're going virtual with bullseye. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you think about, you know, how much, how much you're saving and even in genius network that we just did right a week or so ago, you have your little breakout rooms. You have, I actually felt like I was more engaged with everyone 
in this virtual meeting, which was so interesting to me because I I love seeing people face-to-face. I love being in the room with them, but I was also like, I'm private messaging with all these different people that I'm not sure I would have talked to at the event, you know, I don't, you know, at the live in person, maybe I would have, but you, you can still, there's just so much that's going to change. And I think it's so cool. And I think for me, I'll be able to attend more if they're virtual. I I mean, totally. I mean, I mean, look, because I've seen it from both sides, running events and going to events. So I can tell you from a running event standpoint, having to book hotels and room blocks and an AV and all of that stuff is not a fun experience operationally. Right, right. Lucky I have leverage, but it's still not fun. The cost is high, the, the time is high. But then also from like the perspective of an attendee, aside from the cost being high because you have to charge more to account for all that, it's also you have to fly and take a cab to the airport and then fly and then pay for a hotel. So you know, moving bullseye to virtual, we were able to lower the price. People now don't have to fly. You could be in your 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 pajama pants and, and a, a nice shirt and no exactly. one's going to know. <laughs> and you exactly. can record it. You can still, with Zoom, you could do the breakouts and still Absolutely. get a lot of value. I still think that there's something to be said about in-person. So we, we're going to do a hybrid going forward at Bullseye where it's there's going to be half of the events virtual, half in-person. Because I do think that like face-to-face connection is important, but I don't think it needs to be 100% in person anymore. I think that people are going to crack the code how to run really well-designed, robust events virtually. And I think that, I think it's the future of these events. I agree. Absolutely. And if anything, it keeps you more connected in the in-between time of when you do meet in person. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. You could do way more. So much good stuff. Well, I think you're on the same page as me is that all of this is happening. It's it's a super bummer for, for a lot of people, but I think there's a ton of positive that's coming out of it, especially if you're if you're looking for it. I'm myself, I know that I'm so excited to go through this whole process with you again and just yeah, really we're gonna, like we're gonna yeah. have fun geeking out on that. Yes, I'm gonna super geek <laughs> out. Where can where can we send our our listeners? if they want to go through one of these, you know, deep dives with you. If they need any help and support right now, you could be in a situation where you can't afford anymore your full-time marketing person, but you still need marketing help. Or this might be a transition period where you've never been remote and you need some, you want someone to take a look and give you some advice on how to be remote efficient. So the website's getleverage.com. My email is nick at getleverage. We also have a free Facebook group where I'm just you know, basically daily posting free content to help people. And that group is called Making Remote Work Actually Work. So you could go and check that out too. And I have a podcast called The Leverage Podcast where I'm geeking out on this stuff as well. I love your podcast. I love all the things you do. <laughs> we'll have all of that in the show notes as well. And I'm so excited we got to we got to do this because it's just so it's so important right now. And you know, I can't enforce enough that to really do do this with with Nick's team and really look at where you can get more time and improve those efficiencies and you will be amazed like literally just shocked with how much it adds to to your revenue and to your bottom line. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Hey guys, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already done so, would you do me a favor and go subscribe and review this podcast? 
My goal is to continue to deliver you content that will really move the revenue needle in your business and give you up-to-date content on anything else that can dramatically help your business. You can also find us at thedrawshop.com slash podcast where you can comment on the podcast or contact us directly with any issues you'd like me to address. Thanks again. I really, really appreciate you listening and I'll see you next time.